I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. I want to tell you about something I did over the weekend. I went jogging, or running. (laughs) Running is the word. I went running. uh, And in my ears, I had my headphones, and I was listening to uh, a podcast hosted by someone you know very well. That's Thurl Bailey. Well, in his latest episode of his podcast, Thurl Talk, uh, the podcast, he was joined by Dr. J, Julius Irving. And they spoke at length. For about uh, Dr. J's audio autobiography, as well as racial tensions, uh, a transition from the ABA to the NBA and life after basketball, and, and so much more. And it was a wonderful respite from all of the stress and anxiety and goings-on in the world uh, to know that there are still activities out there, sports specifically, and in this case, professional basketball, uh, upon which we can place our attention and know that it is something that everyone, uh, regardless of their politics or their race, their attitudes these days uh, can come rally together and enjoy. And joining me now to talk about the latest episode of his Thurl Talk podcast is Thurl Bailey. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Lee, I'm doing so good. I'm do- you know, we, we, have, we all have something in common, but you know, you and I have something specifically in common. Tell, tell me. Take a stab at what that is. Uh, well, I am not a My former NCAA name. champion. My middle name. Uh, your middle name is Lee. Outstanding. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Here's a, here's a little secret. I'll tell you. Uh, not only is so my my name is Alan Lee Lonsberry. My first name is Alan. So my middle name actually is Lee. Oh wow! I thought you were going to say your middle name was Thurl. I was going to be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I, I'm I'm all right, and I owe you a, I owe you a huge thanks. I am. Uh, so grateful for the hour I was able to spend listening to your podcast over the weekend as I was out running. And it's because I have, over the past few days, been kind of on the fence. I haven't known exactly what I should be feeling about uh, the, the Orlando bubble, right, the plan uh, by the NBA to get uh, teams and players together in uh, Orlando and resume play. The latest updates on that storyline is – that there are some uh, some of the folks in the Players Association uh, who are expressing some attitudes where it would be essentially inappropriate to go uh, and, and play in this as we are in the midst of social unrest and everything. And I came to the conclusion, I don't know what your attitude is on this, and I don't mean to uh, push you on it, but uh, I my attitude is now, no, uh, after listening to you and the great stories that, that you were sharing back and forth with Dr. J, I thought, no, you know what, we need to get back uh, to this wonderful pastime, uh, which brings us together. So thank you to you for allowing me to to escape in the stories that you were sharing with Dr. J. 
my pleasure. And and you're not wrong, Lee. You're not wrong. And I don't know if anybody is wrong because, listen, the, this pandemic has really thrown something at all of us that we're not used to, right? We don't we, our, our times thrown off, our routines thrown off. Everything has been kind of uprooted. We've lost lives. We still have, you know, some of those numbers are, are going back up in certain areas. So we're we're just trying to get through this thing. But you're not wrong in the fact that I think we need something, right? I, I think um, if you look at certain things that have happened in our history, we've gotten to a point where we, we need an outlet, like we need a, re- a relief or release. And, and so you're not wrong in that way. But in the other way, I think there is nothing wrong with being cautious as well, especially when you talk about young players and doing their jobs. Um, there's some that, that you know have an opportunity to, to sign bigger contracts, so they want some insurance to, to know that if something happens, they get hurt. And on the other side of it, there's there's bigger things in basketball, right? I mean, there's sure. more important things in the world going on, and some some would take the stand that listen, um, you know, we need to focus our platforms and our attention on those in this this particular um, crisis, if you will, that's going on. Uh, and and so I, I I get it, and it's okay to have an opinion, and that's that's why we have those kind of discussions, but. I do miss it. I miss being in a suit. I never thought I'd say that, but I miss being in a suit and announce, announcing the games and being with my, my comrades, my broadcasting comrades. So I hope that uh, we can figure something out where you know, everybody's okay with it. Turning now to the this latest episode of your podcast and your conversation with uh, Dr. J, a man with whom you have a, a long history. You've crossed paths a number of times. He occupies a special role in, in, in your own story. What impressed you most about the conversation you had recently? That I had the conversation. That yeah. was, was the thing impressed, that impressed me the most because I had already gone. We talked about it. I had gone full circle before when you know I talked about he was the guy who, got me going in basketball. I mean, that's where I got the passion from. I wanted to be Dr. J. Not like him. I wanted to be him. I wanted to, I wanted to fro. I wanted the short shorts. I wanted the <laughs> Chuck Taylors. I wanted it all. And, and so many times in my backyard on my makeshift basketball court, I wasn't me. I was him. Before the sun went down, I was making those baskets. And I was saying Dr. J with three seconds to go. And so that's where the passion was instilled in me. And then to get to the the full circle moment when the Jazz drafted me and Frank Layden was coaching me and he put me in the game against the 76ers. I mean, imagine that. Mm. Imagine standing right in front, right next to the person who you idolized for years, and now you get to play against him. And uh, it's not a joke. He did. He handled me that night. He showed me. He welcomed the rookie to the league. <laughs> but... To, to to get to interview him later in life and also just to be friends with him playing golf and stuff but to get to to get to have a conversation not many people get to have a conversation for an hour with dr j and so i was blessed and and really uh honored to be able to do that do you remember that that first game where you and he were on the court together you as a member of the Utah Jazz, he is a 76er. Do, do you, did you have any conversation? Was there any back and forth there? Did anyone whisper in anyone's ears? Any kind of trash talk even? You kidding me? 
I wasn't even about as a rookie to trash talk Dr. J. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I was about to pass out when he shook my hand and congratulated me on a great college season and welcomed me into the NBA. I think it was a ploy because I know he had thirty or forty on me that night. But uh, I, I was I was in awe. I knew I had a job to do. Yeah. But uh, you know, it was one of those moments where, okay, I'm in the league, which means I'm good enough. I'm guarding Dr. J. It doesn't get any better than this. If I could work hard and, and not let Dr. J score a lot of points, maybe it's my turn. They can write about me in the paper. And, and I swear he had 47 on me. I can't remember, but I know that I had no chance that night. But it was okay. I felt good about it because it was Dr. J. And, and, uh, and, I, and I had that moment that I knew I would never forget. But no, no trash talking. He wasn't that kind of a guy. No. Right, he let his game speak for itself, and and that's why I knew a lot about him growing up because I read articles and I I knew that if I met him, that he would give me the time, and uh, and that's the kind of player I always aspired to be was the kind who gives people time and uses their platform, um, you know, for other people's benefit. That was one of the points that he made during your conversation in uh, the latest episode of your podcast, the Thorough Talk podcast, and it is that uh, you establish dominance and become a leader and show off your greatness not by you know verbally asserting it, but rather through your actions. And I, uh, uh, that type of humility and that type of understanding that actions uh, will be what carries the day, I thought was admirable. It was admirable, but it wasn't a surprise because you know, I felt like I, I knew I know him and I know his character. And it's even more amazingly when you when you talk about where he came from, right? And and you talk about you know, when he grew up uh, in back east in New York, and he he played in a culture that was inclusive outside of his his house, right? Whites mm-hmm. and blacks playing together. And then he would go visit his uncle in South Carolina and his cousin, and he crossed that Mason-Dixon line, and things changed, right? He didn't know kind of what to think of it until he talked to his cousin, wanted to go get a Coke in the, in the store. He said, no, we can't go in there, man. Yeah. He's like, why? Oh, we got we to gotta get our, our, our drink out of the machine, our Coke out of the, the Coke machine. And, and in his book, he talks about how, you know, he, he's a— He's a very organized guy. He likes rules. He likes laws. He understands them, and he adapts to them. You know whether it's you know blacks only here or whites only here, but then he loses himself in the laws and the rules of basketball. And and the line that that really stuck with me is, "Listen, my basket's worth no more or less than yours. Yeah. So I can I can go I can go to work out here, and we're we're equals." So That's it was right. just a powerful conversation. Yeah. And you uh, folks can listen to that uh, wherever they get their podcasts. Uh, KSLnewsradio.com is a good place to start. Thurl Bailey, thank you so much for your time. I, it kills me that our time has expired. Uh, let's connect again soon. And, and quickly before you go, what, what's next uh, on the Thurl Talk podcast? I appreciate that. And you, you should tune into this one because I've got retired Lieutenant Saul Bailey, 25-plus mm. years as a law enforcement officer. And the thing we have in common is we're blood. He's my brother. He's wearing two hats as a law enforcement uh, person and also as a black man. So it's a very emotional episode, and, and uh, I ask everybody to tune in to Thorough Talk wherever they get their podcast. 
Uh, I'll echo that invitation. Thurl Bailey, my guest, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you, Lee. You have a great one. You do the same. We're going to take a a quick break, and when we return, we're going to turn our attention to what is happening in Seattle, Washington. You've heard about this. There are a group of protesters who have taken over a portion of the city. All the details are ahead next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.